This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, September 4th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Grants for chlorpyrifos alternatives. Steyer's Test Ranch in California. Climate change gets campaign focus. And Dems waiting on USTR for USMCA progress. DPR offers grants for alternatives to chlorpyrifos. Following the administration's decision to cancel the insecticide chlorpyrifos, the Department of Pesticide Regulation has launched a grant program to fund research into alternatives. DPR began taking applications yesterday. The department has set aside $2.1 million for safer, practical, and sustainable alternatives. It is also putting $500,000 towards integrated pest management projects that reduce the health risk for existing pesticide products of high regulatory concern. The grant funding was part of the general fund obligations in Governor Newsom's July budget. The Department of Food and Ag is also allocating more than $3 million in grants for IPM strategies. Candidates face questions on climate policy. The presidential campaign will be squarely focused today on the issue of climate change and what to do about it. Ten of the Democratic candidates will be interviewed successfully over seven hours starting this afternoon during a town hall hosted by CNN. We'll be watching to see how much the candidates talk about agriculture, how they plan to get their proposals implemented, and how they would address the impact of higher energy prices on businesses and consumers. That last issue killed the 2009 cap-and-trade proposal. Now keep in mind, the candidates have been rolling out one sweeping plan after another, many of which would have far-reaching impacts on agriculture. Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal plan, which calls for wholesale change in farming, includes a $160 billion proposal to pay farmers for keeping carbon in the soil through conservation practices. And on that note... The California Assembly yesterday passed a resolution urging Congress to pass the Green New Deal. Booker's plan. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker released his plan on Tuesday. Like many of the other candidates, he wants to dramatically increase spending on conservation programs. He would expand the Conservation Reserve Program to 40 million acres and provide $7 billion a year to both the Environmental Equality Incentives Program and the Conservation Stewardship Program. The 2018 Farm Bill authorized $1.75 billion for Equip and $700 million for CSP in 2019. California billionaire Tom Steyer was not invited to the debate, but his climate policies on agriculture have a distinctly Californian flavor and are visible on his ranch just outside of San Francisco. Steyer and wife Kat Taylor have long been outspoken environmental activists through their hedge fund management. In 2006, they purchased an 1,800-acre cattle ranch as a learning laboratory for studying and promoting sustainable ag practices. Dubbed Tomcat Ranch, the operation served as the backdrop for Steyer's video announcing his candidacy in July. Cat Taylor also sits on the board for the UC Davis Agricultural Sustainability Institute and is often invited to campus to deliver keynotes on environmental justice. Their non-profit charity and educational foundation have funded UC Climate Smart Ag Research as well as policy papers advocating for organic and regenerative agriculture. The couple also finances an academic fellowship for groundwater policy research. 
Taylor recently shared her thoughts on food sustainability in a podcast for a Bay Area slow food advocacy group. Dems still waiting for USTR proposal on USMCA. House Democrats gave the Trump administration a list of demanded changes to the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement before Congress left town for its August recess. But the lawmakers still have not heard back with a formal response from U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer, that according to House Ways and Means Committee Chair Richard Neal. Democrats are committed to a renegotiated deal with strong enforcement mechanisms that helps working families, protects the environment, and preserves access to affordable medicines now and in the future, Neal said in a statement after discussing USMCA progress with fellow Democrats on a teleconference yesterday. We are eager to continue making progress on the new NAFTA, and we await a full formal response to our proposals from the Trump administration. Approval in the Democratic-controlled House could, quote, seep into next year. That according to Representative Rosa DeLauro of Connecticut. She's part of a nine-member working group that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi assigned to work with the White House on the trade pact. When we get to where we need to go, we will move, DeLauro told the Middletown Press for a story published yesterday. We're not there yet, and that's critically important to understand. Trump vacillates on China. Trump again tweeted yesterday that the U.S. is, quote, doing very well in our negotiations with China, but then repeated a previous prediction that the country would prefer to hold off on the deal in the hope of a different president after the 2020 election. Trump also pushed back against increasing criticism that the U.S. should be confronting China together with allies such as the European Union. Now, for more on the trade war and the rising chorus of criticism from Democratic presidential candidates, check out this week's AgriPulse newsletter. Producer sentiment drops amid trade impasse. The Trump administration's latest round of trade aid payments couldn't be coming at a better time given the mood of farm country. Purdue University's measure of producer sentiment dropped significantly in August, falling 29 points to a reading of 124. Over two-thirds of the respondents, 71%, said the 2019 MFP program will either completely or somewhat relieve their concerns about the impact of the trade war with China on 2019 farm income. And nearly 60% expect USDA to provide yet another round of market facilitation program payments in 2020. That's according to the Ag Economy Barometer. Impossible Burger Oversight Questioned. FDA's review of soy leg hemoglobin, a key ingredient in the Impossible Burger, was inadequate. That according to the Center for Science and the Public Interest, a consumer research and advocacy group. CSPI said FDA ignored its guidance on recommended toxicity testing for food additives in the agency's August 1 decision. That guidance, quote, recommends long-term safety testing for additives like soy leg hemoglobin, which fall in the agency's highest concern level category due to the extent of exposure, according to CSPI. SL contains heme, a compound also found in red meat and blood. According to the International Agency for Research on Cancer, there is strong evidence that heme contributes to the carcinogenic mechanisms associated with red and processed meats, CSPI said. According to Impossible Foods, heme is what makes meat taste like meat. 
Here's today's He Said It. My administration will work in partnership with the labor movement to continue this conversation to build paths for workers in our state who want to join a union. That Governor Gavin Newsom in a Labor Day op-ed supporting Assembly Bill 5 and its proposal to reclassify independent truckers as employees. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, September 4th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.